I get a door tag on my door from a church and they were doing their spring campaign and I called them to come out and visit with me. And when they did, I rededicated my life right there to Christ and got into a church. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends, and welcome to my 16th episode of the Altered Stories show, Amy's story, my domestic violence survivor story. My name is Michelle Renee Gutch, also known as Michelle Saunders Gutch, founder of Altered Stories Ministry, a faith-based nonprofit with a global mission located in Overland Park, Kansas that helps Christian women share their life-altering God stories so women across the world can hear them. Thanks for listening to my show. Also, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the latest Gifts of Glory podcast episode, please do. I was blessed to share my altered story with Dave Ebert on his show. You will be blessed to hear it. You can hear my story interview on the giftsforglory.com website. Now, moving on. Today, I will be talking with my special guest and beautiful friend, Amy Mitchell, founder of Anchor Her in the Kansas City area. Anchor Her's mission is to embrace women with the love of Jesus, empower women by the word of God, and ignite changing women as they find new community in churches, support groups, and mentors. Amy's life calling is to show women the love of Christ by taking the broken pieces of her life and showing them beauty from ashes, which is what you're going to hear today. I was so blessed to meet Amy through the Kansas City Women's Leaders Missional Network, and I will never forget the time I met her in the women's bathroom. She was approachable, friendly, and warm, and I could see the love of Jesus radiate through her. Amy and I will talk today about her experience as a domestic violence survivor and the imprisonment that came with that. We will also be discussing her incredible God-glorifying altered story of redemption. So let's get this conversation started. Hello, Amy. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for being a guest on my show today. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Where does your God story begin? Okay, Michelle. So my God story did not start with a traditional church background. My exposure to church at a young age was when I went to church with my grandma and grandpa as a young child. I remember feeling peace and comfort when we went there, and I knew that I loved that feeling, but it wasn't something that I would return to for several months because we only went, like I said, on Christmas and Easter. However, during that time, my life was really dysfunctional at home. I came from a background of domestic violence. At the age of 15, I was blessed. However, I met a friend 
And he led me to the Lord and he showed me the Church of Christ in Olathe where I was actually baptized. So I accepted Jesus. I had salvation. But then when you go home and you're not going back to church, like you do not get that background. I didn't know what to do with the salvation that I had just got. So I spent many a years just living in the world, searching for just comfort and love and just trying to find my identity. And so at the age of 19, I ended up a single mother on government assistance. And during the time I was on welfare and I had cashed a welfare check and I ended up being robbed the same day I cashed it. And I had no money to get the things I needed for my new baby. So I got in some trouble trying to get money and get items for my daughter. And I was facing a five-year jail sentence and I got arrested. And in the night that I was arrested, my family are like, you cannot take care of your daughter. You're not doing a good job taking care of her. You're in jail. You know, you're on government assistance. We're taking her out of your custody. So I was just torn up. They started booking me. And as they were booking me and the officer, he had to roll my fingers to get my fingerprints. They dip them in ink and they're rolling them. And I told him, I was like, you will never get to do this again. I will never be back here. And he said, I wish I had a dime for every time I heard that story. And I was like, you can get a dime. I will not be back to jail. I do not want to come back here. So I prayed out in my cell and I hadn't even been talking to God on a daily basis, but I was like, Jesus, please don't let my baby get taken from me, please. So the next morning they dropped the bond they were holding on me. I was able to go and get my daughter before they took her to Oklahoma out of my custody. And I got hurt and I went to the place I was staying with a friend and I was like, please, Jesus, I don't know what to do here, but I just need your help. So during this time, it was like footprints in the sand. I wasn't living the Christian life. I wasn't learning how to be a Christian, but Jesus was graceful in my salvation by just carrying me through this time. Again, during that time, I was just like, how am I going to be a better mother? What can I do to do better? And then I ended up in the toxic relationship again, and I had a concussion and I went to Safe Home Battered Women's Shelter. And at that shelter, at the time, sorry, I need to retract. During that time, I had had a second kid and I had both kids at the shelter with me with a concussion. But at the shelter, people came around me and there's this lady that mentored me by the name of Pam. And that is why mentoring to me is so huge. She said, what do you want? Like, what is the biggest thing you want in life? And I was like, I just want to do, be a better mother. And I want my kids to have a home. You know, I always would see this HUD housing commercial and these little kids would be like, if I grew up in a house, I would love it. And I was like, I, I want them to have a house. And she's like, you can do those things. You can change your life. And I hadn't had anybody speaking that kind of hope into me in a very long time, if ever. And I was like, yes, that's what I want to do. So she started helping me get into transitional living. Then I got my apartment. She helped me literally get my first Christmas tree with ornaments, which I still have. And it's so beautiful and redemptive. So during this time, I literally just started working hard and doing the things that she was showing me and helping me and walking it out with me. And in the year 2000, I bought my first home. And I was just like, at that time, I was like, okay, I have done this. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to learn more about this Jesus that has been carrying me all this time. 
by the, <laughs> the craziest thing on this brand new house that I said, I couldn't wait until I got this house. I get a door tag on my door from a church and they were doing their spring campaign. And I called them to come out and visit with me. And when they did, I rededicated my life right there to Christ and started going to church. And it was just such a blessing and so redemptive in that part of my life. And I was living better. I was being a better mother. However, the toxic relationship stuff did not stay behind. I kept looking you know, to the world for love and acceptance and just needing to turn that piece of me around, even though I was going to church and I was attending it, I was still searching for something and not giving it all to God. That's kind of where we can go into the domestic violence piece and the, the trouble that I had going into that. How did you get the inner strength to be able to pull yourself out of a toxic you know, relationship or a physical relationship, abusive relationship. So how did God lead you there? In my earlier years, you know, the relationships that my mother had was very toxic, was very abusive. And I seen that growing up. When you see that growing up, you really don't look at it as something that's off. Like you feel like that that's normal. That's just how people do. Right. And that's what relationships are supposed to look like. The long-term relationship that I had gotten into it was riddled with domestic violence. And in the beginning, women probably think that they're, they're abusive too, because like you fight back and you, you're like, you want to fight too. Cause you seen, I seen my parents fight. So I was going to fight too. And I wasn't going to just take a beating kind of thing, but then domestic violence takes so many turns. It's more than just physical abuse. And in a lot of relationships, the physical you know, dwindles because it doesn't even need to happen anymore because you're so paralyzed sometimes in fear. And I know that I myself, like, I didn't recognize there was a cycle to it. I didn't know that there was stages and I was hurting and I was going through things. And someone told me about a book. It's by Lundy Bancroft. It's called, Why Does He Do That? And when you read that book, it opens up so many things about yourself and about the person in your life that's, you know, causing this domestic violence to happen and the phases. And there truly are, when they say that, there truly are phases. Phases. I learned like we would have this honeymoon period and everything would be great. Then there would be like this phase where it was like tension was building. And then there would be an episode like that went boom. I always, I never understood when I was younger why people wouldn't understand like this is not good for you. While you're in it, you can't see those things happening until it's pointed out to you. And then you're like, wow, no, those three things do happen over and over. And as they say with insanity, it's doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. So I was like, okay. And I knew that I wasn't the most healthy person either because of what I had been through in my life. So I was like, I need to get counseling for this. I went to the church counselor, the pastor, and he's like, you know, there has to be godly repentance because people can say, I will never do that again. I will never harm you again. We're not going to fight like this again. But there has to be true godly repentance where they truly turn around, not just by their words, but by actions. And actions breaks the cycle. You will see that cycle broken when you see action happen. And if that doesn't happen, I know in the church, especially in the church, you know, we're so afraid of walking away from relationships or marriages that are riddled with domestic violence because we're afraid as a Christian, we're going to go to hell because 
God hates divorce. And yeah, God does hate divorce. He does not want divorce to happen. But in Matthew 19, 8, it says, Moses permitted divorce for wives because your hearts were hard. If someone's heart is that hard, there is a way out. God does not want you to sit in violence and he doesn't want his daughters to be harmed like that. And maybe it is just a time where people have to just take space and walk away and get help. I'm not a counselor, so I really suggest, like we have so many great places in the area, Safe Home Battered Women's Shelter, Hope House, Rosebrooks. There's places you can go to get true education on it and true help. And I would tell anybody out there, like I went to Safe Home Battered Women's Shelter and the mentor that helped me there really helped be a pivotal person in my life to help me make a lot of lasting changes. And then finally, you know, it just really was between me and God as to what I personally was going to do in, in this relationship. Was I going to continue in it and continue with this toxic behavior or leave? I just kept hearing God say, walk away, because I wasn't only doing this to myself. I was showing my, I had two girls at the time, two daughters and a son. And I was showing them that this is the kind of relationship that's okay for you to have because I felt it was okay because my mom had had it. And it was just this cycle also with us, my mom, then me, and then my daughter, my oldest daughter, she started getting into a relationship and thinking toxic behaviors were okay. And luckily she jumped out of that fast. And we are breaking generational curses. We are breaking a cycle because we are not going to have that in our home anymore. My girls and I've had that conversation and it's only through Christ. And Christ knows everybody's situation and everybody's situation is so different. But I would just encourage anybody to please just, I'm definitely here for help. If anybody ever wants to talk to me at anchorher.com, I'm on Facebook and on the website, all the ways that can reach me. But the Rosebrook Safe Home and Hope House, they're wonderful places that can really educate, really help. They have housing they're really good places to go. Oh, wow, Amy, this is amazing that you would be bold enough to in step out to share this. Um, and, you know, the step that you took, it takes such inner strength. And the counsel that you've had, I think, is so sound from what you've shared in terms of biblical application to where you can come out of something that was detrimental not only to you, but to your children. And, you know, I'm a person who really believes in restoration through Jesus Christ and also in new beginnings and new births, rebirth, right? So what I have seen um, in what I've heard through your story today and what I hope our listeners hear is someone who has come out of very difficult circumstances and has been able to, through the love of others who come alongside in the church and great balanced people and Christians uh, and great support to be able to get to a, 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 a great place of redemption and to be able to share her, her story like this today. You know, I have a question to Amy. You minister to women incarceration, right? And there's a lot of women that have come out of abuse uh, like this in prison. I know there's also been women who have been prosecuted and they have defended themselves. Um, 
as as a result of domestic violence. But what would you say to a woman today if they're listening in and they're in the prison system? What would you say to them? And they're just fearful. They're really fearful and they just don't know where to go because you know, they don't trust. There's no trust. What what would you minister to them about in terms of being able to take the first step to get healing? Well, one good thing is I've noticed, at least for sure in Johnson County, and I know some in Jackson County, that there's education inside of the jails about domestic violence. And that's another reason why we go in there, because we want to educate and help people also. A lot of women are like, I have to go home to that abusive spouse when I get out of here because I don't have anywhere else to go. But when I went into safe home, I was homeless too at that point. I didn't have anywhere to go back to. So the good thing is you can call these shelters you know, from the jailer when you get out and they can get you immediately in. So you can have a place to stay. And I think that's where you start because you have to have a peaceful place to get some healing and that helps you, you know, get set up for the future. And they help with different resources, like getting your own housing and getting jobs. And they just help with so many various things. And one thing that I didn't say before that I wanted to say really quick, too, is another scripture in Proverbs nineteen nineteen. It says, a man of great wrath shall suffer punishment, for if you deliver him, you must do it again. So, that's just saying it, this insanity thing, you know, like they're going to continue doing it. And as women, we think we're doing the best thing because we keep staying with them and, and we're going to love them through this and we're going to help them change. But no, if we keep rescuing them, it's the same as an addict. They're going to continue doing the same thing again. So we really need to hand it over to God. And I like how Beth Moore says, she says, duck and let God hit your husband because <laughs> it's like giving it over to God because we can't do things. We can't change things. We have to let God take over. We do have a God (laughs) that we can turn to. Um, I'm praising him, right? I mean, that that can come into our circumstances and make changes. Um, I have myself felt quite a burden to pray for our men in this country. Um, I do know that there is a need for men to have a support system too. And I know God is raising up men leaders and, you know, trying to minister to men. And there's a need for men to be healed too, uh, because of, you know, their backgrounds. I mean, I think there's an incredible story out there called The Shack. I don't know if you've seen it about a man, Mm -hmm. his background coming out of abuse. It's pretty profound. Um, And it, in the movie, it, it, it depicts, you know, his background and why there are people that are hurting that hurt other people. And, you know, we have such a God that's so personal and loves us so much. And, you know, I've just seen incredible turnaround, even in my own life and in stories like yours. So I thank you again, Amy, for being so brave and so courageous to come out today and talk to our listeners about what led you to where you are and your ministry. So in closing now, is there any needs that Anchor Her has that we can share with the listeners? Because I'm sure you guys, you know, have 
so many people, women, you know, so many needs out there. I know God is bringing alongside you partners and things, but what can we do to try to help your ministry? Well, I like the old saying where it says, please give time, talent, treasure, testimony. (laughs) So we, in all of those ways, we love for women to come share their testimony with us in our groups. We love, um, we definitely just to, we need support to make the ministry continue to go like financial support, but um, also like we need journals and Bibles all the time because we have 20 to 40 women each Sunday in our group and we're, they always filter in new women each week and we give them journals and Bibles. So those are the other things. So anything would be appreciated. And just one last thing I would say too, is that on the domestic violence piece, it is male and female. I personally, in my ministry, work with women, but there is domestic violence among men as well. And I pray for men and women. And the last statistic I would leave is that 75% of women incarcerated have been victims of domestic or sexual violence. Wow, that's a high statistic. So again, thank you for sharing that. And as we close now, I wanted to just share with our listeners that uh, we at Altered Stories love having the ability to be able to share stories with um, you and with others of Christian women like Amy who have a calling or have a purpose in their life where they need to share what God has done. And that is for pure encouragement and evangelism of Jesus Christ. And we have many, many stories that still need to be heard. Please share this podcast. Please leave us feedback. We really appreciate that. And also, if there's an interest, we have several ways of supporting our ministry financially by purchasing Beauty Counter Safe products from Lynn Clark, by helping us start a fundraiser through Revathon.com. Also, we have the ability now through a platform called the Ripple.net, where you have an ability for those that have an interest to go online and be able to promote your small businesses. If you're a small business owner, especially for those in the KC area, and through that, you can also offer coupons for your services. Um, We also have other options on our website too for donations and giving, and we always welcome those. So thanks again for listening to our show and God bless you all. And until the next show, be heard, be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a new, nonprofit evangelistic talk show for women. Our ministry is located in Overland Park, Kansas. And if you enjoyed listening to today's show, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of everyday women, too. So why don't you share the link to our podcast on your social media? And we welcome your feedback. So let us know what you think. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories. We welcome your tax-exempt financial donations. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, log on to our website, 
alteredstories.org. That's alteredstories.org.